Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast, episode number three, Going All In. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at my website, bloggingbistro.com. One of my sons works at a large retail store, and during his first six months of working there, he got three promotions, the latest of which was to manage his department. And he told me that some of his coworkers give him dirty looks because the new guy got promoted without even applying for promotions, and they, who've worked there for years, have not been promoted. And so I said, so why do you think that you keep getting promotions? So he explained to me why his boss is delighted to give him more responsibilities. He shows up to work on time every day. He works hard during his shift. He looks for creative ways to help his department do their jobs more efficiently. And here's the kicker, he shares what he's learning with his boss. So this significant increase in sales numbers of his department makes his boss look very, very good. And that certainly builds goodwill with his boss. He also listens to customers, particularly customers who have a complaint. My son tells me that several of his coworkers just freak out when customers come to them with complaints. They freeze up, they don't know how to respond, or they get offended and they say exactly the wrong thing. My son listens carefully and politely. He asks the customer what he can do to resolve their complaint, and then he does everything in his power to make that happen. And he also told his boss that if she needs him to work overtime or to come in on his day off or to fill in for a coworker, he's willing to do that. And he does do it. In fact, he's doing it today because uh, in our state, Washington State, we've had a big outbreak of the coronavirus during the last couple of weeks. And the store where he works is completely sold out of bottled water, cleaning supplies, and other things, you know, related to, I guess, canned foods is another one that they're sold out of. Today is his day off, but he got called in to work today. And he's like, yep, I'm there. I'm doing it. So lest you think that my son does this because he's earning an enormous salary, think again. He barely makes above minimum wage, but he doesn't let that phase him. He's all in. He's willing to show up, work hard, come up with creative solutions that help improve the store's bottom line and learn as much about this business as he can during the time that he's working there. So whether this is a short-term job or it ends up being a career for him, he's all in. Now, what exactly does it mean to be all in? Well, we're going to pause for today's word nerd moment. According to the New Yorker, the phrase all in originally meant to be in a bad spot. It meant to be exhausted or worn out or spent. That's interesting, isn't it? That word has certainly changed because these days we would use the phrase I'm done in to associate with that particular meeting. In the game of poker, When you say all in, you're referring to the moment when a player bets all of their chips on a single hand. In a flash, the poker player either wins the hand or they lose everything. These days, all in still refers to that boldness with which we wager everything we've got. The dictionary says that you're fully committed to a task or endeavor, prepared to give all your energy or resources toward that endeavor. There's also a great example of being all in in the Bible. 
When Jesus begins his public ministry, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers, Simon and Andrew, who are fishermen, and he invites them, hey guys, follow me. And they immediately drop their nets and follow Jesus. The reference for that, if you're interested, is Matthew 4, verses 18 through 20. These guys, Simon and Andrew, were all in. No hesitation. They didn't check online reviews of Jesus before joining him. They didn't ask the opinion of their Facebook friends. They didn't take the Myers-Briggs test or figure out their Enneagram score to see whether their personalities would be a good fit with Jesus. They didn't do a threat analysis or create a business plan. They just knew in their heart of hearts that joining Jesus was absolutely the right thing to do at that moment. Simon and Andrew were all in. Because of Jesus' invitation and their decision, the lives of billions of people throughout history have been transformed. Now, I found another good example of what it means to be all in in a Seattle Times newspaper article that quoted Pete Carroll, who's the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks NFL football team. Pete believes that a team's locker room culture and atmosphere matters greatly in the success of a team. To him, a key ingredient in the locker room culture is fun. And Pete says, you don't work football, you play football. If we're not having fun, I feel like I'm screwing up. Now, if you've ever watched an NFL football game or any sport where elite athletes are at the top of their game, you know they're all in. Because being an elite professional athlete takes such a tremendous amount of time, dedication, practice, honing one's craft, being all in, in Pete Carroll's opinion, is just part of the equation. Having fun with your teammates enjoying one another, playing together. It's part of what makes that magic happen. I came across another example of being all in when I was reading a historical novel that took place near the end of the Civil War. One of the characters, a field doctor, remarked, there's a reason we physicians still use the term practicing medicine. The word practicing can refer to being a practitioner of medicine, but at its root... The word practice means acquiring or becoming proficient in a skill or an art. Now, while physicians are smart, they're highly educated, they're creative thinkers, they don't have all the answers. They understand that medicine is often an inexact science. It's a science that they practice for a lifetime, and they don't discover all the answers or the cures. So the element of practicing is another aspect of being all in. As writers, we practice writing every single day. We discussed this in episode number two when we talked about the five traits of a professional writer. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to head over to bloggingbeaster.com and listen to it. So what do we writers do to practice our writing? Well, here's a few things. We attend conferences where we learn more about the craft of writing In fact, I just got back from the West Coast Christian Writers Conference. It was this past weekend, and I learned a ton. I was teaching at it, but I also attended workshops, and I learned more about the craft of writing. We expand our world by connecting with other writers at conferences. We connect with editors, literary agents, publishers. We also join critique groups where we get feedback on our writing from other writers, and we fine-tune our craft. We read Every good writer that I know is a voracious reader. We read everything we can get our hands on, fiction, nonfiction, screenplays, poetry. 
writing in all sorts of genres, particularly ones that are outside our comfort zone. So don't just read, yeah, I love this. I, I only read this genre of fiction. No, read outside your comfort zone. It's going to make you a better writer. Now, speaking of reading outside your comfort zone, I've been reading a book about Benedictine spirituality, way outside my comfort zone. Benedict lived in Italy during the late 5th and early 6th centuries, and he founded a monastery there. And Benedict taught that every moment in life matters, no matter how small or insignificant it seems, and that our daily routines are filled with God's transformative presence. One of Benedict's followers, a person named, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Smarag, Smaragdus, S-M-A-R-A-G-D-U-S. I'll just call it Smaragdus. He noted, someone who wishes to be always with God must pray often and read often. For when we pray, we speak with God. But when we read, God speaks to us. And I would add to that beautiful quote, and when we write, God speaks through us. Other elements of practicing include doing things like listening to podcasts for writers, like this one, reading blog posts, watching videos, taking online and offline courses, subscribing to writing magazines, buying books about writing, following our favorite authors online so that we can get information about writing and enrich our knowledge and our understanding of the craft and the industry and the people who do this profession. We are practitioners of writing. I went all in with writing back in 2003. At the time, I was working as the communications director at a corporation, and when I became consumed by a desire to write books, I knew that I couldn't just get a book published and that eager readers are going to crawl out of the woodwork and shell out $14 to buy a book from an unknown author by the name of Laura Christensen. <laughs> so I asked our corporate marketing director, what can I do to start building an audience of people who will be eager to buy my book once it's published? And her response, start a blog. This was back in 2003, when no one knew what a blog was, and hardly anybody was blogging, and blogs were then referred to as weblogs. So I did. I didn't wait around. The very next day, I investigated blogs, I chose a blogging platform, I created a blog, and I published my first post. I was all in. And for going on two decades now, I have been all in with blogging. And while the blogging platforms I use and the topics I've written about have changed over the years, I remain convinced that blogging is the single best thing I have ever done to practice the art of writing, to connect with readers, to learn business skills such as showing up every day and working hard and coming up with creative solutions, those same skills that my son is using at his retail job. Practice, connect show up, work hard, come up with creative solutions. And through blogging, I've played as well. I've had fun. I've tried some really weird things. I have made tons of mistakes. I've messed up. I've made breakthroughs and I've scored touchdowns. And now with the launch of the Professional Writer Podcast, I'm using much of what I've learned during my years of blogging and writing and teaching and publishing, and I'm translating that into audio form. I've decided to go all in on podcasting. 
Now, one thing that I have learned about being all in is that if you're all in on one thing, something else has to give. Last year at this time, I was facilitating a Bible study. I was co-directing a writer's conference. I was running my full-time business. I was all in on too many things. And as a result, I suffered some significant health issues that literally had me flat on my back for several weeks. During 2019, I gradually phased out many of my commitments, and during the summer, I took a two-month sabbatical, something I've never done before in all my years of being in business. During that two months, I thoughtfully reevaluated my business model, my volunteer service, my home life, everything. During late summer and early fall of 2019, I completely retooled my brand. I created a series of new services and online courses. I relaunched my business website, bloggingbistro.com, and I planned my podcast. After five years of thinking about podcasting, it became evident to me that now is the time for me to go all in on podcasting. I told you a minute ago that something had to give in order for me to be all in with podcasting. Well, a few things did give. I, I moved back from several of my commitments. But podcasting, as I'm quickly discovering, is very time-consuming, particularly when you're trying to learn all the ropes as a solo podcaster. I suspect that that something that is going to have to give will be my blog. In order to devote the time needed to podcast and write show notes, which is the written part of a podcast, kind of like a mini blog post, I'm going to be blogging less, podcasting more, and emailing my subscribers regularly. My question for you today is, what will you do in the coming year to be all in? It doesn't have to be some spectacular mission. It can be something that's part of your everyday routine, like my son's low-paying retail job. It might be volunteer service in your community or at your church. It can be caring for a particular family member or friend who you sense needs extra attention. And then ask yourself this question. In my writing life, what is one area where I will commit to being all in this year? I'll repeat that question. In my writing life, what is one area where I will commit to being all in this year? Maybe you'll be brave enough to show somebody your words for the first time in your life. Maybe you'll take a class to learn how to write your memoir. Maybe you'll attend or teach at a writer's conference. Maybe you'll pitch your project to an editor or agent. Maybe you'll commit to writing 200 words a day every day of the week. Maybe you'll start a blog, or like me, you'll start a podcast. Maybe you'll work on growing your email list. Maybe you'll launch a website to promote your writing-related business. Whatever you decide to do, go all in armed with the assurance that what you do will transform the lives of the people you serve and will make a positive difference in your sphere of influence. And the next question you might be wondering about is, well, why? Why should I go all in? Why become a dedicated, focused student of your craft? Why work hard to become a master of your craft? There's one very good reason. Because most people won't go all in. They'll waffle, 
They'll find excuses. They'll claim they don't have the time. And when you do go all in, you'll set yourself apart from the wafflers and the excuse makers. And when you put in the time to become a master of your craft, no one and no thing can take that skill away from you. St. Francis of Assisi said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. So start today. Do that thing you've been feeling the urge to do. Go all in. Thanks so much for joining me today for the Professional Writer Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it too. And I invite you to visit bloggingbistro.com to check out today's show notes and links for episode number three. While you're there, I invite you to join my private Facebook group, which is called the Professional Writer Podcast Community. And that's where you can comment. Comment about the area of your writing life where you're going to commit to going all in. And since this is a brand new podcast, I would love it if you'd leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Particularly if you listen on iTunes, your rating and review will help the Professional Writer Podcast appear on the new and noteworthy section. I'll talk with you again in the next episode.